What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. Man, I'm so excited for today's episode because joining me this week will be my good friend and last week's guest on the show, Mr. Garrett Hedrick, to co-host an incredible interview with world-renowned life coach, best-selling author, positive psychology expert, motivational speaker, and founder of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute, Mrs. Valerie Burton. I'm telling you guys, Valerie has an incredible word today that I believe will breathe such hope, encouragement, and motivation into your life over the next half hour or so. And a big part of our discussion today really revolves around one word, purpose. See, so many people desperately ask the question, what's my purpose? Or even, do I even have a purpose? Well, to the person out there listening who's maybe asked those questions before, I have good news for you. Because in and throughout this episode, Valerie takes us on a journey as to how we can find, identify, and develop the purpose that God has called us to. What I love about Valerie is that the game plan that she gives us is very practical. Things such as reshaping our perspectives, practicing the act of gratitude, reframing our self-talk and the questions we may be asking ourselves. Ultimately, it helps remind us that when it comes to resilience and purpose, we have the ability to build it and to foster it. There's a man by the name of Frederick Nietzsche that once said, he who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. My friends, if you're alive today with breath in your lungs, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I'm reminded of God's promise to his people found in Jeremiah 29, 11, which says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now think about this for a second. Those words were shared by the prophet Jeremiah to the Israelites during the time of great sorrow and difficulty as they were being held in exile or captivity in Babylon. Some of you out there today may feel like you're in the midst of captivity, complacency, hardship, struggles, strongholds, and more. But what I want to quickly remind you of today before we jump in is that what we can take away from the promise found in Jeremiah 29, 11 is that if we put our trust in Christ, we can anticipate an ultimately glorious future, one spent in God's presence for eternity. But don't get me wrong, God's plans for his people in this world rarely involve helping us escape from our trials completely. He doesn't make our suffering disappear, but instead, he helps us persevere through them. He helps us grow and mature in ways we wouldn't otherwise grow and mature apart from tough times. He helps us find joy in the unlikeliest of circumstances. And it's the kind of joy that affects not just our lives, but the lives of others as well. To the person out there listening today, your greatest purpose may come from your greatest pain. My friends, help me welcome our guest today, Mrs. Valerie Burton. Ms. Valerie, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it is so good to be with you, Zach and Garrett. Thanks for having me. 
Absolutely. We're so excited just to have the opportunity to sit down with you to hear more about your incredible story and testimony, but also to hear how God is just continuing to use you to impact and influence the masses. We're incredibly thankful for all that you've done. It was so great seeing you and having you at our AACC mega national event in Dallas a few months ago. You knocked it out of the park like you always do. But Miss Valley, what I love about you is ultimately what you want to help people do is you want to use coaching and positive psychology research to help others become happier healthier and more resilient and your goal in doing so is to help individuals close the gap between where they are and where they really want to be so Ms. valerie knowing all of this i'm dying to hear more about your story and your testimony and to really hear what prompted you to enter into this coaching space well i like so many people um was doing work that i was good at i wasn't passionate about it and i just began praying like what am i here for and one day i just sense the Holy Spirit talking to me in a bookstore. (laughs) I was supposed to be inspiring others to live more fulfilling lives that I would do it through writing and speaking. And um, that was in 1999, the last century. (laughs) And I started with writing the very first book. And after a while, you know, I was writing, I was speaking and I was like, what is like the underpinning for what I'm doing, right? I wasn't a a pastor, a psychologist, any of those things. And I discovered coaching and it was exactly what I was doing. Um, And through coaching, as I really realized it really works, I wanted to know what was the research basis for it. And that's when I discovered positive psychology. So that's kind of the progression of how I got to that point. And my passion became really helping people learn how to coach well, but to do it from this research-based perspective. That's awesome. Valerie, you know, you, you talk a lot about growing your life, growing your relationships, growing your career and your business. But one of the first things you have to do in order to experience growth is really focusing on yourself. Do the hard work to grow yourself. Mm. You need a personal growth plan that empowers you to live the life that you envision and imagine. Um, and you know what we love to do throughout the remainder of, of this episode is sort of lay out the framework of what it looks like for someone to experience growth, flourishing in their relationships, mm. um, talk through resiliency, mm. and maybe help others sort of like push past limitations yeah. um, and just experience some incredible things. And so I kind of want to just dive in. One of the first things that we have to do in order to experience growth is identify some of the barriers and maybe some of the things that, you know, keep us from moving forward. Hmm. You read, uh, you wrote a book uh, called letting go of the guilt where we stop beating ourselves up and, and take back our joy. Yeah. Yeah. Valerie, unfortunately, so many people, especially our listeners, you know, they get stuck in patterns of guilt patterns of shame, Mm. past mistakes, strongholds, Uh, you know, what are some things that we can do maybe to start identifying those things, start looking for areas to maybe start pushing forward and and start living the life that that we're created to live and experience Mm. flourishing and growth in those areas? Mm. Yeah. When I wrote Let Go of the Guild, it was really interesting because I kind of just stumbled onto the topic when I was speaking. So I often felt guilty when I would go speak, um, particularly after I had family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I speak, I go and I come back the next day. It's not like I'm gone for weeks at a time or anything, but I had this struggle and I began to question myself around the struggle, to pray around the struggle. And as I did that, I would talk about it. I might just mention it in passing when I was speaking. 
And I noticed in my audiences, particularly among women, I didn't even have to say anything but the word guilt. And I would hear this kind of collective, you know, or comments like, what don't I feel guilty about? And I realized it's really epidemic. And a lot of what we feel in terms of guilt isn't, um, we wouldn't even notice it as guilt. So it's when you never feel like you've done enough. Um, It's the feeling of trying constantly to to measure up and not quite getting there. It is even worse than the feeling of guilt is it hijacking what you actually do. Mm -hmm. So people are often manipulated. They are often um, living up to others' expectations and not getting clear about their own as well as God's expectations for them. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times what we have to do is, number one, get clear when, when we feel guilt in particular, guilt is a message. Mm-hmm. Either you've done something wrong, so you need to rectify that, right? Apologize, atone, or it's false guilt. <laughs> you feel like you've done something wrong, but you actually have it. And that's the kind of guilt that I, I really was um, addressing and have addressed in that book. Mm-hmm. I think there are many things that we can have that are obstacles that we don't notice. Guilt is just one of those emotions that can hijack what we want to do. Fear is one of those. Jealousy can be one. There's so many emotions that oftentimes we let get in the driver's seat. So we know what we want to do. Guilt says, oh, you owe, right? You've got to be punished. So now I'm not going to step in fully to what I should be doing. Fear can be the same way. We tell ourselves we can't move forward. But fear often is just a sign that we've stepped out of our comfort zone to grow. That's right. And we feel uncomfortable. And so we run back into the comfort zone. It's like, no, you're supposed to be uncomfortable. Let yourself feel uncomfortable. Stay there. Let that comfort zone expand. And that's really what growth is. It's noticing the ways in which we let our obstacles hijack our actions, hijack our thoughts, and then saying, I'm not letting that happen. Mm. I see you're there. Stay in the back seat. <laughs> I'm driving this car. (laughs) I'm going to feel fear. I might feel guilt. I might feel whatever I feel, and I'm still going to move forward. That's so good. So good. That is so good, Valerie. I love this idea. It kind of reminds me of just working in the mental health space myself. Um, I I do a lot out of cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Which is being able to identify those negative intrusive thoughts and then being able to challenge or arrest them in the moment as they come and then replacing them with something true, something positive. That kind of, um, I think that's the big pivotal one that I always want to push toward people is, hey, you can always, you know, you can identify and stop them. But if we don't put anything or insert anything in that's good or true, then, man, those negative thoughts will always keep coming back. And so I naturally think of um, self-talk as just a very important and imperative thing to help us find growth and find resiliency. And so there's a story that a mentor of mine, John Gordon, he always talks about. He tells of a guy named Dr. Gills who did, you know, he holds this record of running the most double Ironmans in the history. And he ran six of them. The last one was after the age of 50. And they asked him, man, like, how did you do it? How did you build the resilience and the strength and endurance to do this? And his response has always fascinated me. He said, I was able to do this because 
he mastered the art of talking to himself rather than listening to himself. Ooh. So, Ms. Valerie, um, this <laughs> statement being so powerful, it kind of emphasizes that we play an active role in this resiliency process and it's in its development in general. So what would you say to the person out there about the significance of self-talk, but also to the person that maybe thinks that resilience is just concrete, right? Maybe I'm just not born with it. What would you say to that person today? Well, first of all, there are genetic factors that help us to be more or less resilient. Yeah. But those aren't the only factors. <laughs> so it's, it's really important to take note that, yeah, you, you may have seen some people that just seem to bounce back more easily, but some of that's also the nurture. It's mm-hmm. how you were raised or um, uh, sometimes for many of us, we may just have a more positive, op- optimistic mindset And because of that, when we face difficulties, we may be more likely to have an optimistic approach. But the most important element of being resilient is being able to be intentional about your thinking. And that's something you can do something about immediately, regardless of who you are, regardless of genetics. We can all do that. So thought awareness is central for resilience. Noticing what you're saying to yourself about your situation, about your challenge, about your opportunity, and asking, is this moving me forward or is it getting me stuck? Mm. And if it's moving you forward, great. Keep thinking those thoughts. (laughs) If it's getting you stuck, then what is it that you could say that would be truthful and yet still move you forward? I think that's huge. And I think we should be teaching this in elementary school, right? This should be a standard subject because oftentimes, depending on your upbringing, you may not have been taught that there's anything you can do about your thinking. Right. And, you know, from a faith perspective, we know this is biblical. Mm. Like, as we think, so are we. So what are you thinking, (laughs) right? Whatever thoughts are pure and of good report, think on these things. It's not that it's something we do overnight, it's something we have to practice. That's right. And the more you practice it, the more you get good at it, the more you notice and mm-hmm. stop. I think you start stopping quicker because you're like, what am I saying myself right now? Is this helping? Is this hurting? Um, but it, with practice, you get good at it and you start to become amazed at how you can change your, your behavior and your feelings by changing what you're saying to yourself. That's so good taking control of your thoughts. It's second Corinthians 10 fives, yep. you know, yep. submit every thought, ca- yep. take every thought captive and submit it to the authority of Christ. Mm. It's incredible. You know, this idea of moving forward, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've done, you have the ability to step up and step forward. And, and a lot of that is in taking control. Yeah. And so in, 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 in all of that, Valerie, you've, you've been on the Today Show as of recently talking about this idea of purpose mm-hmm. and, and living a life um, with purpose and on mission. Yeah. Can you just tell us a little bit about um, just how do you discover purpose? How do you, how do you figure out what you were born to do on this earth? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of it, as we've talked about, comes with this idea of, of being resilient no matter what your situation or circumstances may be. Yeah. But right now to our listeners, tell us, how do you discover what you were born to do? Why, why are you here on this earth? So I want to go back to something first, and then I'm going to answer that. Absolutely. When you um, share the scripture about taking every thought captive, the most exciting thing to me 
um, when I went back to grad school to study positive psychology is that I could find you a scripture for every bit of research. <laughs> you know, a lot of times you go, oh, the science and faith, they're not. Th- of course, science proves out our faith. Yeah. As believers, that shouldn't be shocking, but it's, it's always validating to me. <laughs> it's always exciting to me. And yeah. that particular scripture is exactly what we're talking about when we talk about thinking, when we talk about cognitive behavioral therapy, when we talk about resilience. Mm. So with regards to purpose, all of us have one. If you're here, if you're alive, there's a reason. Mm. God is not, you know, just accidental in his approach. And so you should be answering the question, how is someone's life better when they cross paths with you? Mm. There is a way you are meant to serve, and God is so good that he will allow the way you are meant to serve to bring you joy (laughs) and peace. You will feel on purpose. All of us have one, and it's a simple statement. Whether your purpose is to bring joy or to make you know, make difficult concepts simple. Maybe you're the problem solver. Maybe you are the person who builds bridges. You connect people. You communicate ideas in a way that's inspiring. Hmm. It's simple. Even Jesus had a mission statement. It's in scripture. It's in John 10, 10. I have come that they might have life and life more abundantly. And prior to that, he gives us the enemy's mission statement to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So when you look at it, you go, oh, even Jesus himself had a mission? Of course he did. And in and, and that three years of public ministry, he everything he did was carrying out that mission, whether he was healing the sick or he was preaching or he was dying on the cross, all of it was so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. I think knowing we have that example is so encouraging and inspiring. And so even if you can't articulate it right now, you're like, okay, Valerie, that sounds great. I'm not the joy bringer. I'm not the problem solver. I don't know. Hmm. It's always about how you help others in a way that taps into your gifts, your passion, your experiences. It'll feel natural to you. And so you're probably living your purpose to some degree right now, even though you haven't articulated it, because you can't help yourself. <laughs> you know, as a communicator, I never could help myself. I talked so much when I was a kid. That's <laughs> great. That was just what I did. The writing, you know, writing books, writing is something that in second grade, my teacher said, you're a great writer. I believed her. But the communication for me was always just natural, even when I didn't articulate how communication was helping other people. Generally speaking, I was still inspiring. I was always inspired by motivation. This is just who I am. And it's the same for all of us. That is incredible. Preaching yeah. a word That's right. today, Valerie. <laughs> you know, I, I love what you said. When trying to discover your purpose, ask yourself the question, how are people's lives better because of your life, our lives? And I think that that echoes the message of Jesus. He he says it throughout the gospels. The law and the prophets are are, are fulfilled in this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, but then love your neighbor as yourself. That's right. You know, in, in talking through this idea of, of growing ourselves and, and flourishing within, our, with, within ourselves, how do we then translate this into our relationships? 
How do we translate this into our community? You know, this idea of resiliency, this, this idea of, of building and finding purpose and living it out. What would you say to the person right now who's just maybe having a hard time wrestling with these things in community or wrestling with these things in, in a relationship? Well, in your work, in your community, in your home, if you can ask yourself in, in different situations, maybe you're in a difficult dilemma right now, what does God have me in this for? Like, what is the impact I'm meant to make? And go back to purpose. Um, I often think that we don't use purpose as a compass when we really can. Mm. Um, one of my favorite questions is, coaching questions is, looking back a few years from now, what will you wish you had done? Mm. So when you think about situations where you're looking to make decisions or trying to understand your role, Put yourself your, in, into your future self's shoes, right? It's a year from now, maybe it's even 10 years from now, and you're looking back at this time in your life. What will you wish you had done? You know, oftentimes we get overly focused on what's right in front of us, or we're being pulled down by, you know, just the, the bickering, the murmuring, the whatever, you know, the distractions. But when you pull back to that bigger picture, you'll realize, oh, what will I wish I had done? I, I wish I would have done something that my future self will thank me for. Mm. I will wish that I had um, found the courage to say what needed to be said or to do what needed to be done. Mm. You know, I wish I wasn't petty. <laughs> I wish I had taken the high road. Yeah. I wish I had seen the bigger picture. I wish I had forgiven. I, I You know, I'll wish that I had loved this person through this, even though they're difficult to love right now, because that's not something I'm ever going to regret. Mm. So that's one of those questions that I think helps you get to purpose in those specific dilemmas and challenges where you might really be like, what should I do? Do what your future self with the hindsight of wisdom would tell you to do. I think that's so powerful, Valerie, just being able to understand that we have the opportunity to look through that lens of our future self. What would we wish we'd have done, right? Would it be different than what we're doing today? Would we live different? Would we love different? And when we have that aspect, it kind of reminds us, like you're saying, of that calling and purpose that God has on our lives in this moment. And I think what Garrett um, and you are touching on is just the power and significance of community, because not only does God remind us of our identity in difficult seasons, but he places people in our lives, right? He placed that teacher in your life when you were in second grade to remind you that you're a great writer, right? To give us that sense of man, that calling, that purpose, that identity, even in seasons of trial and tribulation. So thankful for the friends, for the fire that God has placed within my life that have helped push me through some very deep and dark and difficult times. But Miss Valerie, as we kind of close, we always love to end it this way. We love to leave the door open for our guests to kind of share something that God has placed on their heart for such a time as this. So today, Miss Valerie, what I would love for you to do is just to speak some hope, encouragement, and motivation over the life of somebody who's really struggling, who maybe feels like their back's pressed up against the wall, like resilience is something that they want. They want to rid themselves of the pain and the shame, but they just don't know how to quite yet. What would you leave them with today? Well, I think being able to ask yourself the right questions is often the first step to getting the answers you're looking for. Hmm. What I want you to do is think about who you want to be, not something way off in the future, 
but the person you have the opportunity to show up and be right now, even in the midst of your difficult circumstance. I think it can be very easy for us to fall in a trap of feeling sorry for ourselves. And I understand sometimes there's difficult things that happen and, and, and I mean, it wouldn't be wrong for somebody to feel sorry for you or, feel, or for you to feel sorry for yourself. But the bigger question is, how do you want to show up right now? Mm. Who is it that God is calling you to be? You have a strength in you that you may be discounting. And so at some point in our lives, when, especially when we're going to, through difficulties, we have to decide who we are and whose we are. And what I know is, number one, with God, all things are possible. What I know is that He is with us. And He tells us over and over throughout Scripture. My favorite place to go for that Scripture is in uh, the first chapter of Joshua. In verses 6 through 9, He keeps repeating, be strong and of good courage, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He even asks the question, have I not commanded you? He doesn't say, have I not suggested to you? Have you heard? He says, I commanded you. That means I am telling you, this is what God is saying you have to do. Be strong, be courageous. So the question is, how do you want to show up? I believe God wants you to show up strong and courageous. That means you might have to do some things you've not done before. That might mean you have to pick yourself up when before you just stay in the bed one foot at a time. I will never forget when I was going through a divorce and my father said to me, he goes, sometimes you're not going to feel like getting up. So all I want you to focus on is putting your feet on the floor when that alarm goes off and then put one foot in front of the other, make it to the bathroom, pick up your toothbrush, <laughs> brush your teeth. Before you know it, you're starting to build some momentum. That kind of thinking starts with a decision. Decide who you want to be and how you want to show up and that you believe God is with you wherever you go. And you will be shocked at just how strong you can be. Amen. Valerie, what I love about you and your story is you're, you're not just saying these things as something that you just discovered in a textbook. You have lived out these truths. You have fought the fight of, of building yourself, growth, resiliency, positive self-talk, and it's all been through the midst of very difficult things. And I think how I want to close today's podcast is in all of that, you have still found purpose and you still live life on mission. Can you tell our listeners what, what is your purpose? You have a, you have a mission statement. I, I do have that way. My mission statement, and it's on my wall in my office, is to create and enjoy a fulfilling, prosperous, and charitable life and to inspire others to do the same. I wrote it in 2000. It is as true today, if not more. It always reminds me of who I am, what God's asking me to do, and it inspires and pulls me forward, which is what our, our mission should do for us. Remind us that God has us here for a purpose. When I get to the end of my life, I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. I think all of us want to hear that. And so your mission keeps you focused on why God has you here. And like I said earlier, he has you here for a reason. 
discover what that is and understand God can't fail. Therefore, you can't fail at what he created you to do. Amen. Amen, Miss Valerie. Miss Valerie, thank you so much just for everything that you do. Like I said, you just impact and influence so many for the kingdom. You've impacted and influenced both Garrett and I today, and I know you've impacted several listeners as well. So we're incredibly thankful for you. Thank you for your time and your willingness in joining us today. Zach and Garrett, y'all are great. This is a fantastic podcast. I just feel your passion and your energy for helping people. So thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for being here. See you soon. Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, the purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, and to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. My friends, as Valerie said, in terms of our purpose, the real question should be, how is someone's life better when they cross paths with me? There is a way in which you were meant to serve and God in his goodness will allow you to experience his joy and peace when you are serving in that way. We all have a purpose. So my challenge to you today is to take the next couple of moments, maybe minutes, maybe hours, but before the day is done, I challenge you to pick up a pen or a pencil and to write down your mission statement and then put it somewhere where you'll see it every single day. Maybe that's your bathroom mirror or your wallet or your dashboard in your car or your Bible, but just put it somewhere that you'll know you'll see it. And it'll remind you of who you are because of whose you are. My friends, believe in your heart that you're meant to live a life full of passion, of purpose, of magic, and of miracles today. As always, we're so thankful you joined us. And we can't wait for you to join us next week on the Built Different Podcast.